0: For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.
1: They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine.
2: That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Who, la and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm Ah, oh, it's a gamble machine Hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave, Dave Damoshek here. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, episode number 28. It's going to be a good one because we have Joe Theismann coming up to talk quarterbacks. That's what what else is new. That's what uh, people talk about in 2011 NFL football. It's a quarterback league. People like to talk about the good, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Theismann specifically, and also Dave Damaschek, call Aaron Rodgers the best player in the game. I've been saying it for quite a while now. Theisman apparently agrees, the best maybe of all time. I know it's premature because he hasn't spent as much time in the league as need be, but give him another half dozen or so years. I think the numbers, I think the titles and so on are going to bear me and Theisman out. We'll talk to him about that. Then we'll talk about the ugly too, Tony Romo. First though, let's say hello to our old pal from NFL.com, Adam Rank. What's going down, Rank? Hey, boss, thanks for having me. I know I like how you... And speaking of the ugly, we'll talk about Tony Romo and Adam Rank. Yeah, it's kind of like Laverne and Shirley. Hello, Laverne. when you come in. Yeah, we talk about the ugly. So it's episode number 28. Very quickly, uh, we're going to try to give it some pace here because we've got Joe coming up. We have to jump into the DeLorean, Mm -hmm. see who wins the big games of week five. So number 28, we honor the episode by talking about the player who wore it best Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Marshall Falk. A couple of recent Hall of Famers. Joe Cribbs, Oh. Could have been a Hall of Famer had he what not mean, run out. Was he off...
1: 28 and he wasn't 20? He was 28. Okay, my Don't mistake. Don't question me.
2: Joe Cribs, All had question, he not yeah. had he not gone to the USFL and I believe the Birmingham Stallions, he uh, he might have been uh, uh, the third member, the third running back of the Bills to go into the Hall of Fame. Joe Ferguson. Those are some decent yeah. teams. Steve Larmer of the NHL. Shell Samuelson, number 28. Big six uh, 6'6 defenseman. Not very good, mm-hmm. but uh, did get to lift a cup up in his day um the podcast of course available on itunes and uh we appreciate it if you can subscribe to that and um like i say we had uh, we have the rogers uh, and the way he's playing we have romo stinking it up we're gonna yap about that with Theismann here right now though in studio all the way from england nfl employee handsome hank how are we handsome very well dave good to see you. it's a pleasure to see you and uh thank you this it's a wonderful time how of about the- me uh, not so much. Oh, I think it's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to see handsome Hank. He he, he classes up the joint as you can hear with that uh, that wonderful accent of his. We yet yeah, last
1: use, when we put the when we put the photo up last week, was that the first time people got a chance to
2: actually see handsome Hank in action? It's no jive, I've told you. He cuts the figure of a young in his prime Christopher Reeve. If they were <laughs> if they were to reimagine Superman as an Englishman, Yes. Handsome Hank gets their part. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? There's no other doubt. Um so what we like to do is we we you know we bring him in to read usually it was tweets. We were having him to right. try and put the best possible spin on them because he sounds so elegant if somebody says something ridiculous via the Twitter at least this it gives you the best chance of thinking it seems reasonable right. if it's re- delivered in that in those dulcet tones. Right. Not so much, though. Mendenhall and, and Chad 85 and company were making them in the offseason. Not as much now in season. Brett Favre went old school, though, on the radio, and he made some ridiculous comments about Aaron Rodgers. If you would, Handsome Hank, read those for anybody who might have missed it. Okay,
3: I'll, I'll try and help Brett out here. He's very bright, and he got a chance to watch and see successful teams do it right. And so he just kind of fell into a good situation. On top of that, he's a good player. I don't think there's any pressure on him now. The talent around him is even better than when I was there.
2: Mm.
3: Aaron had a chance. Even though the last couple of years it seemed like he's almost a rookie, he's been around a while. And I'd like to think that he watched, he learned, and then when he got a chance to play, he brought in his ability, which is obviously very good, or they wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. I'm just kind of surprised it took him so long.
2: Ugh. This is, no, it didn't help at all, I'm afraid, Handsome Hank, in spite of your best efforts. It's an outrage that he made these comments. Wait, what
1: is he, I mean, he's saying that he's so good he thought he would have won it sooner. How Pollyanna
2: are you? That you don't see that obviously he's taking a shot at him. Brett Favre took five years. First of all, the idea more talent. You have played with Amon Green. Is there any Amon anywhere oh halfway God, as good geez. as Amon Green in the backfield of the Packers these Who days? Who was Amon Green? He was Amon Green. Happens to cobbled no together better some spectacular than Ryan crew. Grant. Jimmy he's not Starks. better. He's not better than than one of those no, two guys. He's, He's oh, not better on. than Ryan Grant. That's ridiculous. That's that's an outrage. That what do you? Where did
1: Amon Green suddenly become this Hall of Fame
2: player? Amon Green. I didn't say he, he was, was a Hall fine. of Fame player. I he said was he's a better fine, than, better he, than Ryan uh, than Ryan Grant ever will be. No, oh, a healthy Ryan Grant. That no. that is clearly that's a shot lunacy. by Brett Favre. It's bitterness. And if I were Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has class, and that's a good thing for Brett Favre. But it's not good for the rest of us. If I were Brett Favre, if I were Aaron Rodgers, he should have just said. You know, uh, look, a Vikings quarterback bashing a, uh, a, a jealously bashing a Packers quarterback. What else is new? I'm sure uh, Brett Starr had to deal with Joe Cap back in his day. That would have been cute, and that would have been a fun little retort. But Aaron Rodgers is too classy. I did on davedamashek.nfl.com open it up to you, the listener, you, the reader. Check it out. The best line of what Aaron Rodgers should say back to Brett Favre, even though he's declined to remark on it, will win a prize. It's our pal Jonah Carey's. Extra two percent book, dandy price. See, That's I'm, I'm a pretty even good tempting prize. you to do the wrong thing and talk trash. Meantime, very quickly, handsome Hank, this is a heady time for you. You declared yourself for no good reason earlier this season a uh, a Brewers fan. It's the best time. October is the month for a sports fan. It's great. It's it's,
3: it's awesome. Uh, apparently, they're playing in a game five of a playoff series against uh, Arizona.
2: Oh, it's how do you exciting. see, it? How do you see it turning out, handsome?
3: I, the Brewers are going to win it easily. <laughs> Were you gutted last night when the uh, Brewers gave up all those runs? I, I literally cried myself to sleep.
2: <laughs> Clearly, you made a controversial remark, and then we're going to get to Joe Thiesman. But first things first, we have yeah. to prioritize. You know, I like to talk about food, snack food mm. in particular. Mm-hmm. You made a, you know, I like to kibitz with Hank about all manner of subjects. You know, where you know, Rank talks about football and food. I, you know, Handsome Hank, you and I talk about I, football and food and. Like Other movies, yeah. maybe movies once in a while. I yeah. just wanted this sh- seem like films, we had more wrestling. Nah,
3: not so no. much. More, oh.
2: we, Hank and I have more colors in our rainbow. But um, anyway, you made this uh, remark. I was eating pretzels, and I said, "Would you like one?" And what did you say? I, I well, I think pretzels are essentially stale bread twisted into
3: a shape to try and con the American public into eating stale bread.
2: They're not, they, they don't have no. pretzels in we don't, England? We, no, no.
3: There's no and, such and, thing. And, it, and, and I think the conversation continued. Baked goods, fry, You know, deep fry, whatever you want to call them. Right. What what I would call crisps and you guys call chips, uh, infinitely superior in the UK. This is, to, you're
2: attacking the US of I, th- Yeah.
3: Hold on, I'll get this one. What? This What's is, wrong with you? I think.
1: It's, it's, it's a baked good. It's not, stale bread, that's a crouton. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Pretzels are baked, and also baked disgusting.
0: Bread, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: gonna, I'm,
3: I'm, softening my tone here because I'm aware America has declared war on countries for less than this. So I'm, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm you. gonna have to uh, go easy on you guys. But I, I'm really Who did we comes, get our first comes, win against. It comes down more to uh, to the flavors as well.
2: What about though? But what? What about a soft pretzel? I, I'm not interested. Can you? I, interest. so they don't
3: how
1: is, sell. How they, is a soft pretzel then stale bread? When you get one, when you I go have and not, get, I've no idea because I'm
3: not willing to try.
1: Let it. me
2: ask you this, handsome. Yep. Do you? I mean, they they just don't on the shelves. If I go into there a grocery store, a there's no such thing, there's such thing as pretzels in thing England. As pretzels in England. Is that crazy? I, you would think that would be something that someone would have discovered. A Snyder's
1: of Hanover and a Hobgoblin seems like a perfect combination. You don't any like? Day.
2: You don't like a kettle chip? Nice I love kettle, a kettle a chip. It's great.
3: Delicious flavors. Great. Yeah, that's fantastic. But you guys, are, I mean, that's literally, it's kettle chips, where it's, we have a swathe of uh, you know, Monster Munch, All right. um, Transformers. It's going to be hard when we go to London. It's,
2: I'm going to have a hard time adjusting. I'll tell you this much. This now inspires. I've got to do it. Again, davedamashek.nfl.com. Look soon for my uh, best snack items, best uh, awesome. best or, uh, or best chip flavors, best chip flavor. All right, we'll figure it out uh, yeah. once we get off the air. Handsome. In the meantime, thanks very much for uh, for stopping by and uh, and good luck to your Brewers tonight. Right now, let's uh, let's get over to Joe Theismann, one of the great legends of uh, of our lifetimes. I remember watching him win that Super Bowl back in eighty uh, two over the Dolphins and almost getting it done against the Raiders. Now you can watch him on Playbook. You watch him on Huddle here on NFL Network. Joe Theismann, what's happening, man?
4: Uh, Just finishing taping the show, Um, getting ready. Got some great stuff coming up on Playbook this week and some pretty decent matchups. So I think some telltale games, Uh, Jets, uh, Pats. I think it's going to be a really important game. Carolina gets to see how good they really are. The Lions get to test their abilities against the Bears, so it's a great weekend of football coming up.
2: Yeah, well, listen, so many directions to go. That's the beauty of the NFL, of course, is that it seems like uh, fantastic storylines emerge at the end of every weekend. But what about that? Uh, I feel pretty strongly the Patriots are going to steamroll the Jets. How say you?
4: I, you know, I, the Jets are really struggling. Uh, the Pats bounce back. Uh, from what we saw in the Pats against Buffalo, they scored a lot of points. They were unable to stop people. The Jets can't find any offense. Uh, they don't know who they are. Uh, they've had some makeshift uh, changes in their offensive line, and I understand that. But, you know, Mark Sanchez has a chance to distinguish himself uh, instead of be one of those middle-of-the-road guys. And right now he's a middle-of-the-road guy. Um, you know, Plaxico adds a dimension, but not that much. They can't seem to get the running game going the biggest disappointment has been on the defensive side of the ball and not being able to stop the run. And this is something I know that concerns Rex a lot. And oddly enough, guys, the New England Patriots have been able to find a running game with Stephen Ridley and uh, uh, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Uh, they Something you don't necessarily expect from the New England Patriots, but you know they ran for 200 yards last year against the Buffalo Bills, 200 in each game. The 183 they had last week, against oakland is their third highest total uh in the last two years so when you look at the new england patriots you say okay now they're developing a running game well, how are you going to guard the tight ends now what are you going to do with the, with Wes welker now if you have to commit people to the line of scrimmage so they present they're presenting some issues this is a tough game for the jets and it's in new england
1: is ridley going to become the number one guy in new england and do you think they'll start running the ball more
4: I don't. You know, it's really funny. I think you could just really pick out a handful of guys today and say that they're number ones. You could have said it if Jamal Charles was healthy in Kansas City. Adrian Peterson is the number one guy. But take a look at the Saints, for example, where you've got Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, and, and Darren Sproles. I mean, nobody really cares. Nor do I think that moniker of number one means anything. I think number one only means that that is if the offense is introduced. You're the guy that's going to run out with the team. I mean, that is the only distinction today that I really think that number one has any application to in the running back position.
2: Hey, Joe, you know, by, there, like I say, so many places I want to go with you. I want to get your thoughts on, uh, on Aaron Rodgers specifically. But real quick, talk about, I remember when you, uh, you know, like I say, I remember you with the Redskins watching you on those dominant offensive teams with Riggins and uh, the Smurfs and everybody. But... People may not know, younger people at least may not know, that you went to the CFL. You were a fourth-round draft pick of the Dolphins. Why did things break down there? Did you just see that Brian Greasy was there? I mean, that Bob Greasy was there, and that was going to be a roadblock for you? Is that why you went to the CFL?
4: No, oddly enough, uh, Darren, it was the, uh, the contract negotiations. I did not employ an agent. Now, I know agents get a lot of criticism, but they're also great buffers for emotional decisions that players can make. The Miami Dolphins drafted me. I flew to Miami, went on television, said I'd be a Miami Dolphin. And then once we got into the contract negotiations, remember, this was 1971. So the Vietnam War was still going on at that time to, uh, to a degree. And what finally happened was is, you know, the, the Dolphins had me paying back a piece of my bonus if I didn't show up for camp in the third year, and I felt that was unfair. And it became a sticking point all this time I continued my negotiations with the Toronto Argonauts. Now, ultimately, Don Shula, you know, finally they they did the deal. It said, okay, Joe, this is the way you want. But I I became disillusioned with the process. And in doing so, I went to Canada, signed the contract. The gentleman that owned the, the Toronto Argonauts was a gentleman by the name of John Bassett. He also happened to own radio, TV, and newspaper outlets. I asked him to let me call Coach Shula and tell him what I've done. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Coach Shula found out, and Eric Parsigian, who was my coach at the time, was really my advisor, of whom I never spoke to. And uh, it just got sort of muddled and ugly, and I I wound up being the rights of the Miami Dolphins, which they ultimately traded to the Redskins for a number one pick. So I really finally became the number one pick but spent three wonderful years in the Canadian Football League with Toronto.
2: It's funny to think, I'm sure you've considered this, that in 72, they're on their undefeated run. Instead of Earl Morrill, maybe number 7 Theismann would have been under center for, for some of those oh, yeah. games.
4: Oh, yeah. 70, what? 72, 73, right. 71. They're all Super Bowl years. Matter of fact, I got a—I got a little ring made with three little diamonds in it that I used to have as a pinky ring that was symbolic of the, the Super Bowls that my family went to that I possibly could have been a part of, but I'm not a big hindsight guy. Uh, As I look back, it was a decision I made, had a great experience in Toronto, played with some great players, Uh, learned a lot about professional football, learned about being on my own. I learned a lot of things that I don't think a lot of guys today get a chance to learn. It's it's how to be on your own. It's how to be able to learn the game. Uh, How do you manage the game? I mean, that's one of the problems, I think, for young guys today, is with the coaches in your ear and, and calling and plays and talking to you so much, when do you have time to talk to guys in the huddle and find out what they're thinking? Uh, you know, the, the speakers in the helmet have taken the game away a little bit from the quarterbacks being able to manage it. And everything is micromanaged now from the sidelines.
2: Um and you know a guy currently in the league that sort of strikes a si- cuts a similar physical figure to you hasn't had the success so far that you had Tony Romo. What do you think about this? You talk about the micromanagement. It seems like things w- in your day, you had 2 or 3 or 5 years to get comfortable in the position before you were handed over the reins to the offense. And now guys are so are, are fast track Cam Newton and beyond from the from the instant they are brought into the organization they're the starting quarterback and in spite of that in that atmosphere tony romo now five years as the starter continues to flame out when games are on the line what's your take
0: on him
4: well you know i think all of us have at some point you have to be brutally honest and say tony romo is not that good a quarterback he happens to play for the dallas cowboys everybody talks about the dallas cowboys and i think the cowboys being good is great for football but tony romo with the decisions that he has made with the football in his hand. Go back to the Jet game when he throws the ball to Darrell Revis at the end of that football game. You look at what happened, and I've looked at all the throws, the interceptions that he threw against the Detroit Lions. You're up 24-3. to It's your responsibility as a quarterback not to lose that football game, no matter what the coach is saying. So I think it's time that it has to be said that Tony Romo is an average quarterback on a football team that is going through a transition. You can't be considered a top flight or even a second-tier quarterback in this league when you make those kind of decisions. Let me tell you, guys, everybody has the ability to throw the football. Some guys throw it better than others. But the capability that you possess mentally making decisions with the ball in your hand is, I believe, how you're judged in this game. This game is played with those six inches between your ears, more so than the physical gifts that you've been given by God. And Tony Romo continues to do things to hurt his football team. He doesn't understand how to play the quarterback position. Now, somebody has to say it, and I just said it. <laughs> Tony, you've got to start proving to everybody that you understand football. Right now, you're doing things that Pop Warner kids get benched for. The problem is the Callis Cowboys have nowhere to go. You're stuck with Tony Romo and his bad decisions.
2: Would you, That's... I mean, legitimately, would you go John Kitna?
4: No, not right no. you now. I mean, you had a 24-3 lead. Tony had a bad game, made a bad decision. I, I, you don't know. You wouldn't go to John Kitna because we saw what happened when Tony got hurt with the ribs. John came in, and it wasn't the same. Uh, I think John will make better decisions than Tony, but I, w- I wouldn't sit him down right now, but I sure would keep a real close eye on him. And I'm the top, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm looking to find myself another quarterback for the future.
1: Is it surprising to you they could have had uh, Ryan Mallett in the third round this year? I mean, do you think, I, mean, I think you alluded to it, They may have, do they have to draft a quarterback next year?
4: No, I don't think so. I, I think John Kidna, uh is a good backup for one more year, Everybody felt like Tony Romo would come back. I think the lockout hurt a lot of people. I don't feel like Ryan Mallett, with the way he stands in the pocket, his size necessarily would fit into something that Jason Garrett could fit into this offense very comfortably. Um, I think he's in a perfect place in New England where you have a tall quarterback, doesn't move around a lot, very stationary in the pocket, makes decisions out of the pocket. Uh, Tony Romo is better served when he's moving. I mean, even take a look at the way they beat the Redskins. I mean, that was Sandlot. Dez Bryant didn't hardly move. It's third and 21. They're only running eight-yard routes. I mean, that was just that was a, a fluke play that allowed them to win a football game when they really had no right to win it. But, you know, I think the Cowboys have to seriously start looking to the future. This game here, uh, and we've seen Tony Romo do a lot of different things and, of course, very courageous early in the year with the ribs, but – This game here is unforgivable at the quarterback position, not at this level, not even at a good college level.
2: Well, you we're in lockstep on Tony Romo. We also happen to be in lockstep on the other end of the spectrum, Aaron Rodgers. Last year, I started saying this is the best quarterback in the game. You went one further with that and say he's and said he's the best quarterback you've ever seen. What do you make of Brett Favre, First of all, his remarks or is that just uh, is that just uh, sour grapes? And and talk about Aaron Rodgers and what you think makes him the the best quarterback in the game now and maybe forever
4: think it's necessarily sour grapes. I think you have to understand uh, when Brett Favre makes a comment about anything that has to do with the Green Bay Packers, it's going to garner a lot of attention. I think what Brett looked at, and all of us just realized that Aaron's in his fourth year, and in his third year he won a world championship. I think what Brett was trying to allude to is that when he left the Green Bay Packers, that was a really good football team. I mean, you know, he made some mistakes in championship games that the Packers' opportunities to be in more. But I think he looked around at what was a part of the Green Bay Packers when he left and said, you know what, all those pieces are in place if the quarterback position can play to a certain level. And, and that's, that's really what I feel like Brett meant. I don't think Brett wishes any ill harm on Aaron. You know, Aaron doesn't have to worry about what Brett says. I think what's been disappointing to a lot of us who really love Brett Favre is the circus that he's created for himself over the last three years. So when Brett says something, it's certainly going to garner a lot of attention. But I don't think it was sour grapes. I don't necessarily think it was an attention-starved individual. I think he was making an observation about a football team that he left, and it obviously gets blown out of proportion. What I like to talk about in this instance... Is the way Aaron Rodgers handles himself. He has, ever since Brett has left, ever since this football team has become his, I think he has handled himself both on and off the field with the greatest of class. And guys, when I said that Aaron Rodgers was the greatest that I ever seen, I, he manages the game extremely well. He knows where everybody is on the field. Remember a year or two ago, we talked about him taking too many sacks. You look at his development now, getting the ball out of his hands, using his legs to make plays. But when it comes to purely throwing the football, I look at four different elements. Number one is the spin of the ball. Can he can he throw a tight spiral? He can rocket it in with his arm, or he can take something off of it and put a touch pass out there. His deep balls are thrown for completion. I look at young guys today, and anytime you see a young quarterback overthrow a receiver down the field on a post or a go, he's throwing the ball not to throw an interception, not to complete the pass. So it's his quickness of his release, it's the velocity of the ball, it's the spin on the ball, and it's the ability to take something off of it if he needs it. We have, we've seen guys, we talked about John Elway's arm strength, Tom Brady has great arm strength, um, Philip Rivers has great touch. Joe Namath had a quick release. Dan Marino had a quick release. But you've never seen all of the elements that go into the greatness of throwing a football in one individual like you see in Aaron Rodgers. And there's one other element to it that I really appreciate is he's got a cockiness about him that I absolutely love. I mean, when you walk out there, you have to think that you're the baddest man in the Valley. And Aaron Rodgers does that, and the team believes in
2: him. Boy, I agree with you on on everything you just said. I think there's something you, – you talk about the strong arms that we've seen in the past and guys uh, slinging it now. Mike Vick is another guy who comes to mind who has a rifle. But there's something about the quality of Aaron Rodgers' passes that have – an extra, uh, an extra zip on him. Do you agree with that? I mean, it's just to watch with the naked eye that we, you look back at the Super Bowl last year. The DBs of the Steelers are looking to make plays on the ball, and it's by them before they realize it. And it's almost like, wow, we would have picked that ball off. Well, how the boy, that ball was uh, had, had some extra zip on it. True.
4: I, I think yes, it is. I think arm strength is the other thing, and and one other element is his accuracy. As hard as he throws the ball. His accuracy is incredible. I'm always amazed at the velocity with which he throws the ball and his receivers hanging on to him. He puts the ball in such perfect places for receivers to make the catch. I'll take you back. The most impressive throw that I saw him make was against the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoff game a year ago. It's towards the end of the half. He's scrambling to the right, and he throws a frozen rope about 45 yards on the run down the field to James Jones. Now, Jones drops the ball, but it is so perfectly placed that I was just in awe of his ability to do it. And the, the other guy you mentioned just a second ago, Michael Vick, here's what happens when you study film. As players, unless you've played against these guys and appreciate their on-field speed, you see him on film. You see Michael Vick scramble around, and you get a sense that he's pretty fast. You watch Aaron Rodgers throw the football, and you get a sense that he's got a pretty strong arm. And then all of a sudden, you get on the field, and it's like, wow, I didn't realize he was that fast, or I didn't realize the ball had that much zip. Go back to Super Bowl last year, 45. The throw that he makes to Greg Jennings for the touchdown, that Ryan Clark arrives at the goal line just a hair late, is a classic example of not understanding just how hard Aaron Rodgers throws the football. There isn't another quarterback in the National Football League that makes that throw and doesn't either get it intercepted or knocked out. That's why he is, I think, the MVP of the league. I think he's the best player in football today. And I think he's the greatest pure passer that this game has ever seen in the history of football.
2: Look, Joe, you and I are ahead of the curve on this one. I think you and I are going to be proven right. About a half dozen years from now, I think everybody will be in agreement with uh, what you and I have been talking about for the last little while here. All right, Joe, listen, much obliged with the, with this being a quarterback league now. No one better to talk to than you. Your redskins are, are, are flying high. By the way, gold pants or the uh, burgundy pants? Your, what are you partial to?
4: I like the gold pants. Yes. Like gold pants. gold pants with either a white jersey or the burgundy jersey brings back a little bit of old school. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Love it. I, I think that's great. They're going to yeah, win absolutely. the division? You know what? They can win the division. I thought they would be 4-0 at the break. I looked at their schedule. It's like the 26th, 27th, 28th, supposed and easiest schedule. I think the 49ers are going to be a bigger task for them coming forward. Cowboys will be a tougher task. San Francisco will be a tougher task going forward. Giants have gotten healthy, getting better in the defensive line. Rex Grossman's going to have to have better pocket presence, and they're going to have to find some way to be able to incorporate some big plays in this offense. They can't go seven, eight, nine play tries and just hang their hat on a running game once we get into November and December. But I think they can win the division, but it's not going to be easy, and they're going to have to find some other elements.
2: Excellent stuff, Joe Theismann. Look forward to watching you on Playbook and uh, and beyond, and uh, appreciate the time today.
4: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe. Rank, I am not just saying this because he agreed with all three of the big questions. Romo needs to go. I've been mm-hmm. saying that for a Absolutely. long time. I, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, best player in the game, best uh, maybe best quarterback of all time. He and I agree on that. We're ahead of our time on that one. Lastly, and most importantly, the gold pants. The gold pants. That was a big one. He also does not like Mark Sanchez. I don't think yet. Yeah, well, that's another one that we agree on. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not compelling to listen to because they say you want conflict with these sorts of things, but I want Joe back. He makes me feel good about myself.
1: Anytime Joe wants to come in, Joe is a lot. He's great. I I like... I See, I... I never understood the the knock against him. I liked him on Monday Night Football. I've liked everything he's done since
2: he's been since he he's said, retired. People he's don't great. like because he said that he appreciates Aaron Rodgers being cocky. That's the knock if that's a knock on someone. He's an NFL quarterback after all he has a he has the swagger that he talks about. Now we talked about the Jets and Patriots with him as well. Um, let's jump into the time machine like I say. I think the Patriots are going to steamroll the jets. Let's jump though into the time machine and see how that works out. should we Stu.
1: This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. Into the
2: future. I really like how you commit to the part. (laughs) It's really good. Good for you there, Rank. All right. As you can see, here we are in Detroit. But let's start with the first games on Sunday. First of all, Philadelphia at Buffalo. Buffalo. For one week at least Vick and Company back on track, three and two after a thirty one to twenty four victory over those bills who are now also three and two. A little two-game skid for these guys. Stopped panicking in Philadelphia. Now the panic is in Buffalo. The Bills will be all right. Don't... Well, one team that is legit in the AFC for certain. We've been saying it for uh, quite a while now. Validated once again by Matt Schaub down in Houston. They get the victory over the Raiders 20-13, to even without Andre Johnson. Still a lot of running. Arian Foster was good. The Texans,
1: you know, I was a little... Not ready to commit on them all just quite yet, but they're looking very good. You
2: might say that they're the best team in the AFC, believe it or not. And in that division, they may still wind up with the, uh, with the number one seed. I guess we could jump into the DeLorean and jump to the end of the season, uh, but that wouldn't be any fun. That's too far. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that, uh, that was failing a little bit going into this week. Desperately in need of a win. They pull it out, and barely. 19-17, to 17, they do it. You really need to stop leaving early. You're over there at
1: Promantis. You got to stay for the game. The Titans won. They did. They
2: did. Mm, I don't know. I. It looked like uh, things were well in hand there when I left. Were they? Yeah. I don't think you're right.
1: So, so what? Have... I got hungry. Sue me. They don't have. T- Are you waiting for an
2: apology? Keep waiting because that capicola with the fries on it and the coleslaw uh you know, delicioso. I can't blame you. Listen, you're talking to me. I would man. I would leave early for food, A man who too, loves but I stayed. Food. All right, next up, uh New England and the Jets hooking up, renewing what uh where they finished off there Wes Welker before the game, uh Rex Ryan after the game celebrating beating the Patriots improbably in that uh divisional round game back in January. This time, the Patriots give him what for 38 to 17. I think the Jets are just about toast. The
1: Jets are a fraud. They're they're not a good regular season team. They've shown that in the past. They've gotten lucky in a couple of playoff runs. In the regular season, you're not beating the Patriots, and they showed that this week. Yep, Patriots,
2: are, uh, as usual, among the elite in the AFC. Next up, the Sunday night tilt. Green Bay at Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what Brett Favre has to say about it. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, the finest player in the game, maybe even the greatest QB of all time. He proves it. He looks like it in Atlanta, showing up Matt Ryan and company. Thirty-one to twenty, they get. How it down. far
1: did you go ahead in the in the future to see if? Aaron Rodgers was regarded as the best quarterback
2: ever. Hey, I've been saying get into the time machine and go back a year. You'll find that Dave Damaschek was talking about Aaron Rodgers in the same terms more Maybe than true. 12 months ago. Lastly, here in Detroit, Rank, uh, I think you're happy because you're uh, you're jumping on that bandwagon. I'm, you got on it.
1: I'm all, I'm all aboard. I got the uh, Calvin Johnson jersey and the DeLorean. I like Detroit. This is a nice town. I'm not sure I'm leaving. I just may stay here. This is, I've been having a great time here.
2: All right, good. Yeah, listen, delicious Greek food downtown Outstanding. and so on. Yeah, very Outstanding. good. They get it done 27 to 21, and uh, they stay perfect. You know what we might get? You talk about food. You talk about holidays. We just might get an undefeated showdown between those Packers and Lions on Thanksgiving. Now, that at long last would be a treat for those of us instead of watching a, uh, a winless Lions team get whipped up on, uh, on, uh, on Turkey Day. How can we make that happen? I, listen, I, I think you and I, with our juice, I think we can make it happen. All right, we'll be back. Ooh, back we wow. are before week five, and uh, look at that! See, we were right. Yeah, absolutely. The Jets did. Uh, the Jets
1: did stink it up there. Nailed it. Yep, very good. Although, do you think I made a mistake? I got the I got the Megatron jersey here. Yeah. I wanted the Billy, I wanted the Billy Sims throwback.
2: Nice, yeah, Just couldn't
1: find better. that anywhere. Yeah, number Wait, 20. That's what we should do. We should come up with the list of the best Lions jersey to have.
2: Well, you know what? That's a great idea. We started with the Packers. Let, we, should we do it that way? Should we just run through the NFC North teams? Let's do Okay, that. let's do it with the Lions. The Lions are hot. Let's get that up on, uh, again, davedamashek.nfl.com. And, again, Adam Rank's pick sixes, always divine. Right now, a controversial one. Six QBs that you'd like to have ahead of Tony Romo. Six well, bad QBs. Well, it was it was quarterbacks they could have had start this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and none of them are uh, are great names, but guys that no. would be super. Superior to what Tony Romo's done with that team. The, the premise that they would be that they would have been zero and four without Romo. Really, no. they wouldn't have been. No, no, no. Yeah, are, are we to believe that David Garrard wouldn't have had him at two and two? That's that's the thing. If
1: David Garrard had dated Jessica Simpson, they'd be the same guy. One playoff win, just a Pro Bowl. That's both you know, wear number nine. Yeah, you know, gratuitous. The guy that I thought, and if you go through my list on the pick six, they are similar. Matt Hasselbeck, available. He was a free agent. You mean to tell me the Cowboys wouldn't be three and one with him? You make
2: a good point, but again, you know, probably what? four and zero. Oh. Unless we, unless we could grab Matt Hasselbeck right now in modern day, throw him into the back seat of the Delorean. I don't know if we'd have enough room to do right. it, but if we did, we could take him back to the preseason and give him to Jerry Jones. Maybe he would have uh, saw, seen fit to change that out. But and, listen. And- We're not going to do that because we're not going to tamper with what's already been. We watch Terminator 2 and we see what happens when you start messing with the future. So, All right. Speaking of the future, we'll be back in between weeks five and six to yap with you. But in the meantime, enjoy week five action, everybody. Thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you
4: when you pull up to game night in the all-new camry but it's actually bingo night
3: mini golf anyone
4: it's a camry
1: vibe the all-new all-hybrid camry toyota let's go places